Season two of Cook Tracks is made possible with the help of Vertex Pharmaceuticals. For decades, Vertex Pharmaceuticals has been inspired by and working hard for the cystic fibrosis community, also known as the CF community. CookTrax has partnered with Vertex and a CF nutritionist to create meals that meet the dietary needs of people living with CF. These recipes can also be enjoyed by the whole family. To learn more about Vertex and cystic fibrosis, visit www.vrtx.com. And to find additional recipes that the whole family can enjoy, visit the CF Kitchen at www.everyday-cf.com. Vertex, we thank you for going the distance for CF. Ooh, yeah, it looks good. Looks awesome. Everybody, I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kinda, we'll be in your ear, taking you step by step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. For this episode, we have a top chef alum and James Beard Award winner, Mm, double threat there, Chef Sarah Gruenberg. She's from Monteverde Restaurant and Pastaficio in Chicago. Sarah took a short break from her kitchen to cook along with us as well. Actually, she's going to cook along with you with a one-skillet meal. Check out the honey balsamic braised chicken thighs with cauliflower and dried figs, loaded with flavor layer after layer, and then dinner is served. Let's talk prep work. You can keep on listening to this episode, but if you go to your episode notes on your device or cooktracks.com, you'll find the ingredients and equipment list that you need to cook along with us. Cappy's in the kitchen with Sarah. Take it away, Cap. All right, Sarah, what are we making? Hi, all right. This is one of my favorite weeknight meals, chicken thighs, braised with some balsamic and honey and a little bit of dried figs. Amazing. Sounds yeah. good. All right, let's do a quick roll call of ingredients. Chef will tell us what you need to have in front of you before we start cooking. Great. Yeah, so you should have about four to five chicken thighs. These are bone-in with the skin, about two pounds. Some kosher salt, a few slices of bacon, about a cup or so of shallots or red onion cut into nice peels or quarters or petals, a small head of cauliflower cut into nice florets, some dried figs, white wine, black pepper, little chicken stock, some honey and some balsamic vinegar, a little fresh thyme, and butter. All right, if you do not have any of those ingredients or need to run to the pantry or the refrigerator, feel free to hit pause and do so now. Awesome. And then we have some oven action here, so we should preheat. 
Yeah, so you want to go ahead. This is kind of one of those one skillet meals. So you want to get your oven ready. You want to have your prep ready so that when you start cooking, you can go. Our oven should be at around 375. Awesome. All right, let's do this. Right. Sounds good. So I have a saute pan or like a, a nice size skillet. I would say probably at least a 10 to 12 inch, 12 inch probably. Uh, just kind of put your chicken thighs on a plate. And if they're way bigger than your pan, you might need to try to find another pan or do them in batches. You never want to have to force them in. All right, so I'm going to turn the pan on to like a medium high heat. And I have some bacon here that I want to just kind of get in the pan. And it's okay if the pan isn't hot yet, it'll start sizzling. And what I'm trying to do here is render the fat from the bacon. Great. So I really like to kind of start bacon honestly in a cold pan because I think it doesn't make it burn. Like sometimes when a pan is way too hot, then your bacon starts to get color on it before it's ready to render. And the idea here is that I'm going to use this fat to cook the chicken thighs in. You already won because bacon. Yes, delicious. <laughs> it, it makes it all better. And chicken thighs. Yeah. But honestly, you could use chicken breasts if you, if you wanted to. I, thighs do a little better for braising. Sometimes I'm looking for a leaner cut. Yeah. And you have bone in and skin on chicken thighs. Yes. Is that right? Bone in and skin on. The best of all the worlds there. Anything that can kind of cook on its bone is going to be way juicier and more flavorful. You definitely could use boneless, skinless thighs if you wanted to. I would say that might be better than chicken breast. Chicken breast has the potential to Overcooked. dry out. Yeah, yeah. dry out. But this yummy sauce that we're going to build in the pan will be good on everything. <laughs> so I kind of created this dish because a lot of times I'm looking for a one pot or a one sheet tray cooking. I cook totally different at home than I do in the restaurant. In the restaurant, I have like 10 pans going. All right, so I don't move the bacon. And I'm looking for it. See how it starts to turn a little brown around the edges? That's telling me, hey, I'm almost ready to be flipped. That's kind of key here. And all of that yummy brown flavor is like, or all the yummy brown kind of bits is all gonna be flavor that we'll deglaze with our balsamic and deliciousness. All right, so you could use a wooden spoon. I'm using a tongs, but I just wanna kind of get this kind of rendering. I'll get a little stir now. And depending on what kind of bacon you use, it should be enough fat to cook your chicken thighs in. But if not, then you might wanna add a few more slices. So you, you added the bacon just to the dry uh, skillet. Do you ever, because the bacon renders out its own fat. Because it renders out its, its own thing. fat, yeah. But you could, you could also put a little more olive oil. And we might need to put a little more olive oil. We'll see as we go. So I'm gonna grab a small bowl just to kind of put the bacon in on its side. And if your pan starts to get too hot, like turn it on low. I think when I first started cooking, it was kind of like, oh gosh, this is happening. What do I do when we get into panic mode? There's like more power in just picking the pan up and moving it off the heat than leaving it there and going, ah, I hope it turns out. So if it's getting a little too hot, you know, you can, you can play around with it. All right. 
And let's say if you had some leftover bacon in your fridge from like breakfast or something, just use about, I would say, two tablespoons of olive oil or just canola oil to sear, and then you can put your crispy leftover bacons on top. Awesome. All right, so I'm gonna get a paper towel. I'm lining my little bowl here, and I'm gonna scoop these out. Looking for like a nice kind of golden. The other thing about bacon is it continues to cook after you pull it off the heat. It continues to crisp. So sometimes you'll be like, oh, it doesn't look crispy enough. And then as it cools down, you're like, oh, wow, that's quite crispy. Okay. So now I'm going to season up our chicken thighs. I have kosher salt here. I'm going to put a nice kind of pinch on top. This is like a one pinch here, one and a half pinch. My pinch is way bigger than most pinches. So I would say we might be at probably a teaspoon of salt. All right, so now I'm going to add the chicken thighs to this fat. And your, your heat is, is on, like, where are we? We're on, like, a medium. medium. Okay. You should get that sizzle you hear right yeah, now. Yeah, you want, now here you want a hot pan. Don't start your chicken thighs in a cold pan. And I just seasoned the skin for now, and then once we get these in the skillet, we can season the other side. And I use my tongs to move them in, just so you're not having, like, a bunch of you know, chicken hands. <clears throat> and then another nice pinch of salt on the underside of the chicken thighs. Now, this part is key. This part you don't want to rush. And I don't know about you, but sometimes one side of the pan seems hotter than the other. So I, I often will kind of turn the pan as I go and see kind of how it's rendering versus like moving the chicken, yeah. move the pan. Right, that's a good tip. we always want to like peek and move and jostle, but a little twist or turn here is kind of nice. Yeah, don't me put, put your tongs down. Don't mess with this don't chicken. Don't mess with it. Let it yeah. hang out. And you, so. and you potentially will rip the skin yes. if it's also not at the correct point. You can rip it and you can also cause it not to fully render. So that's the key here. This one, I don't know if we can... A little... So... I, I love these kind of one-pot braising moves. I think it teaches us a lot about layering flavor. I noticed that when I was going through this recipe. This is kind of a technique I apply to everything, for pasta sauces, to ragouts, to um, stews, to soups. This idea of rendering and adding aromatics and uh, deglazing and, and layering your flavors is key. And speaking of pasta sauces, as Chef mentioned, if you cannot get to Chicago to eat at her incredible restaurant, Monteverde, um, we have another episode in this series of cook tracks where she cooks her orchietti with Italian sausage and peppers. So yeah. you can, again, cook along with her to learn. Uh, well, I learned some serious tips in that episode as well. Oh, great. Yeah, pasta's fun. Perfect weeknight dish. So I'm gonna let these, like, you really have to just watch. I would say the one thing about cooking is that a lot of it is so gut-oriented or instinct. And so for cooks starting out, I would say kind of listen to those little voices that say, hey, that looks a little hot. Hey, that might need a, a move or. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's sight, it's smell. 
sometimes it's touch. It's as you're saying, sound. sound yeah, use the senses. If you see one of those thighs, like kind of, but you know, bubbling away, getting yeah. seared, and the other one maybe isn't doing that. Check the heat under there. Check as, the as heat. You mentioned rotate it or. What I just did is I noticed that the oil was kind of on one side, so I just picked up the pot a little bit and kind of get a little bit more on top. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, this technique as a cook and using these senses. In one of the other episodes with Chef Zach Engel, he did shakshuka, which you could also download that episode, but he started it with diced sweet potatoes, and he was very, like... Uh, I'll use the word like gingerly taking his time to get color on the sweet potatoes. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm like, if I was doing this at home, I would be cranking up the heat, trying to get that brown super quick. And I noticed that with you too, your flame isn't like rip roaring. You're no. using a nice heavy bottom skillet that's holding heat. Yes. And you're at like a nice consistent, you know, medium, fairly medium high-ish, but you're not... If you were super high, these thighs would be, like, getting black and not this, yeah, like, the delicious would, brown. Yeah, it would, for sure. And you would not notice more fat kind of picking up around the side. What I love about this recipe, too, is you can really have fun with all the stuff that you add into it. It's kind of like a different version of cacciatore chicken, like this hunter's stew that you could put tomato and all kinds of stuff in. You know, this is... Really fun. So I'm going to go ahead and like, let's say, let's look at a little peek here. So that's looking pretty good. Kind of rotate them. I would say do a peek and rotate now that we know that we've gotten a nice render. Oh yeah, that looks good too. So funny. For as much as I cook at home, I, I like, this is fully making me aware that I try and cook too fast and too high of heat. Too fast. Yeah. Well, and in the restaurant, we cook at a high heat, but we have things already built. So here you're like building, so it takes time to build. So at the restaurant, we have a prep crew. We're like slowly cooking the morning of. And then at the restaurant, we're in the fire mode. And that's when I think we all think like, cook on high. Like my oven's always at 500 degrees. At home, you never cook at 500 degrees. (laughs) But at the restaurant, we're in that mode of finishing. I feel like that's Um, what I like try. Like I see it in a restaurant and I try and do that at home. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, all right, slow down, back it up. Yeah. Take your time. Enjoy cooking. Yeah. So the the other key to this is that because it's braised, the skin's not going to remain super crispy. But this render is so important so that it's not flabby. And that we can get that schmaltz. Because that's the good stuff, that rendered chicken fat. We're going to keep all of that in the pan for our veggies to be delicious. Now, I'm going to just put them right back on the same plate that I had them on to season because they're still raw. And they're going to go back in the oven and cook. So that looks pretty great. And flip them over, keep that skin up. And so just confirming here, we only sear that one skin side. You're not doing that to no. both sides. No. You could, for sure. But I'm going to nestle them back in. Oh, those look great. I love that. All right. So now we're going to add in our cauliflower. And I have some nice pieces. You can use whatever you like. Go ahead and have these cut and ready to go. I'm going to add some quartered shallots. 
Now here you could put Brussels sprouts, you could use cabbage, you could use any kind of veg that you want that would do well in a sauce like this. And, 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 I know, and you'll notice if you're looking at your podcast player app or wherever you're listening to your podcast, um, we have pictures along the way through the different steps. And you may see that this, the cauliflower that Chef is using is purple. So, I like a little color. <laughs> yeah. There's different varieties of cauliflower. Yours most likely is white, but depending on where you are or what's available, yeah, you know, you can play around. Absolutely. And you can get an orange cauliflower. You could use Romanesco. All right, so I'm going to give a nice pinch of salt. And just like that chicken, we're not going to want to stir too much. Because you're, you're also looking for some, like, crust or color on the vegetable, too? Yes. Got it. That's a good example of, like... And this is such a great payoff in the end, these layers and you know, the first layer, the bacon, the next layer, the chicken, the next layer, the veg, and chef will probably it continue to build on these. And in the end, it, it's, it pays off. It pays off and it teaches you how to cook. This is one of those recipes that the technique is there, but it's really endless of what you want to do. And you're going to notice that your pan might get a little dry. And that's because vegetables are little sponges. They absorb. So if it gets too dry, I would say add a little bit more oil if you need to. But if not, then I would just say start stirring it to, and, and getting it to kind of release some of their water. Because what needs to happen is the vegetables need to release their own water um, so that your pan doesn't get too hot. Yeah. And you'll notice as Chef's been cooking, as you've been cooking, if you're cooking along with her, there's been a constant sizzle going on from when that bacon got cooking to when the chicken got browning to these vegetables. So as we said, cooking with your senses, you know, listening. If you ever don't hear anything in that pan, chances are you may need a little more heat under yeah, there. Yeah, you definitely will need more heat. All right, so we got some nice, beautiful color on these. I flipped them over. I'm going to go ahead and use a spoon now. And do like a nice, oh yeah, look at that. Our shallots look great. So that first step of, hey, chill out is important. And then, then you can kind of jumble them up and bring them all to the party. Now I have dried figs. And I think this dried fruit just adds a little of the nuances of the balsamic. But raisins would work. Dates would be amazing. I love a good dried plum, which is a prune, but no one likes the word prunes. I know. But dried plums are delicious. I know. I'm like, can we just change the name to dried plums already? I know. I have this conversation <laughs> all the time. If someone's over, they're like, oh, what's that? I was like, oh, dried plums. And they're like, mm, that's delicious. I was like, right, because if I said prunes, you'd, you would wouldn't say, think that's you delicious. You would not. <laughs> all right, I'm going to add in my dried figs. And I have color. Now, don't get scared of that color. It should stay kind of this brown, this like nice golden brown. If it starts to turn black, turn your heat down. But you can hear the sizzle already kind of slowed down a little bit. That's from that water from the cauliflower starting to come out and deglaze. Okay. All right, so now I'm going to season these with a little bit of black pepper, a few little cracks. 
All right, now I'm going to deglaze with my white wine. Now, if you don't have white wine or don't care to use white wine, a great substitute would be about, I would say, a third of a cup of water with about a tablespoon or so of lemon juice. What we're looking for is something that has a little acidity and liquid to help us deglaze the bottom of this pan. So what's going to happen is you're going to hear an automatic steam, crazy kind of sizzle, and that is getting all of those yummy brown bits off the pan. Now take your spoon, or if you have a wooden spoon, even better, and just take them and kind of scrape the bottom. This will also help you not have to worry about cleanup later. There's always a way to get those bits off. And I even love using non-stick pans at home because they're just so much easier to clean up. This is a cast iron, but you can use cast iron, you can use stainless steel, non-stick. Oh, that looks good. So now we have this yummy kind of base sauce here. Thank you, yeah, yum. All right, so now we're going to add in our stock, our chicken stock, about a half a cup. Now, you don't have to make your own chicken stock, but I will say it is very rewarding. And the flavor and body that it gives to a dish is great. You don't need to do it, but I do recommend, if you want a shortcut way, get a few of those boxes of chicken stock, buy a package of chicken wings, dump them into that and make a quick stock. And that's like a great way, a shortcut of, of making a stock to get the flavor, but then you're not you know, worrying about like all day long stock work. And you have chicken wings. It's so funny you mentioned yeah. <laughs> that because- They're so great. I did that recently. Uh, I, was, I boiled some wings okay. in stock. I strained it, saved that stock to use. Uh -huh. And then I took the wings, dried them off, and put them under the broiler. Ooh, I bet they were amazing. And tossed them in some sauce. That's good. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a deep fried chicken wing, but you know. I, I agree. I actually am getting to where I like grilled better. They're really good. All right, so now balsamic vinegar is maybe my favorite ingredient, and there's a lot of, gosh, it's one of those ingredients that's maybe the most misunderstood ingredient in Italian cuisine. A lot of balsamic vinegars at the store, you're gonna look at the back, you're gonna say, what's the ingredients? And you're gonna be surprised that it's gonna say wine vinegar and caramel food coloring. Real balsamic is made from grapes that are cooked down and then fermented, so it's not a wine vinegar. So do your best. Any great balsamic will work. Maybe look for someone that is like a little more aged. This one is a pretty young one, high acidity, but really just turn the back and look at the labels and see what maybe doesn't include the caramel coloring and you'll be in good shape. The other key is if it has grape must. That is also, grape must is the word for the cooked grape juice. So I got three tablespoons of balsamic. Chicken stock is in the pan, balsamic is in the pan. We're gonna add some honey, my other favorite ingredient. Do you have a preference on like a type or not necessarily? You know, honey is another one of those ingredients that I've been totally shocked by lately. Did you know that a lot of honeys don't have to contain honey? What? They can be corn syrup with a percentage. Oh my gosh. I know, you gotta be careful. So I would look for a honey that is maybe local, that's from your farmer's market, yeah. or just, 
I would say if it's really clear, like, well, clear isn't even good. I don't know. I, I love local honeys. I love a wildflower honey. Chances are if it says the type of flower, it's probably the right one. Not like an all-purpose honey. Rachel Ray's super into acacia honey. I don't know yeah, if that's an Italian great. thing or not, but oh, I think it it's like light, it's like lighter in color. And it's clear. Free. Yeah. So completely clear. It's completely clear. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And flavor. I, I think she doesn't like the strong flavors because sometimes they lend to the dish. Yeah. So like a chestnut honey, which I have over there, this is like super bitter and not for the faint of heart. And it's really dark colored. <laughs> yeah. But acacia is more mild and like just perfect. I didn't realize that it was like. Better. All right. So now we're going to put in some thyme. And we're still looking for that kind of like bubble as we're doing all this, right? Yeah, we're gonna nestle in here in a minute. So I just stripped the thyme leaves. And we're still reducing this down because I want the sauce to be kind of thick when it comes out of the oven, but I also want it to be able to steam. So what's gonna happen is these chicken thighs are gonna kind of steam from the bottom and the skin will be up. I'm, All right, so the other honestly, stuff, we got to taste it. I honestly <clears throat> might make this, like, real soon. Huh? I might make this, like, yeah, within the week. good, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get, might need a little salt, but let's give it a taste. Mmm. Oh, yeah, yum. Delicious. This on a little, like, couscous rice, oh, I don't know, yum, huh? Done. I think a little bit more salt. Season it as you want. All right, and then we're going to add our chicken thighs. So I'm just going to move the cauliflower kind of around the edge and create a little, a little kind of nestling bed so, like, so as you're doing that and creating this kind of like pool to nestle the chicken in, yes. I think what you were saying before is super important of when you just tasted to season because you're adding the chicken back in and it's cooking in this liquid. And if, if you taste and there's no flavor, your chicken's cooking in a flavorless liquid. Yes. And, and I actually learned this interestingly, Chef Jose Andres was explaining a paella dish one time. And he was so adamant about tasting the liquid that he adds to the rice for the paella because that's what's flavoring your dish. It's too late to season at the end because then you just taste salt. All right. And those are ready to get nestled into our oven. So the chicken gets <clears throat> nestled into the liquid yes. and put into the oven. Yeah, we're gonna slide it into a 375 degree oven. We're gonna let them cook until they're <clears throat> fully cooked. I would say take a knife or flip them over and make sure there's no, no like blood or they look totally uh, translucent. And if you want to use a uh, thermometer you're looking for like 160, 160 and then they'll least. carry over. Yeah. So I'm gonna set it in the middle rack and then this oven, what it's gonna do is help kind of keep the skins crispy. So really important, don't put them skin side down because then you're gonna, so skin side skin up side so up. they're on that sauce. Awesome. All right, so you don't have to hang around for the next, what, 15 minutes-ish yeah, or 15, so? Yeah, I would say 10 to 15. Okay, so you don't have to hang around while we chit chat. But what's gonna happen now is your pan of chicken thighs are in the oven and chef's gonna take you through what to do when those chicken thighs are done, when they reach the proper temperature because essentially the dish is close to done at this point. There's just one last step, which is pretty foolproof. Yes. So why don't you explain to us at this point 
what happens, you know, this episode ends in 15 yeah. minutes when your All dish right. is done, what's everyone doing? Okay, so in 15 minutes, I have about a tablespoon of butter that I'm going to kind of spoon into the sauce there. Um, and then I'm going to put the bacon on top. So the idea here is that the butter is just going to kind of enrich in the sauce a little bit and the bacon will be the real crunchy element on top. And then I would say serve it up with your favorite thing. I think it'd be great on mashed potatoes. It would be awesome with rice, couscous. I don't know. Beans. I don't know. It, the, this will probably be good on everything. But don't <laughs> forget that bacon. That that was the first For step sure. of this process. So that's that's the... The, that's the croutons of the dish right yes, there. absolutely. And then one other thing I think is a little bit more black pepper on top to balance the sweetness and the balsamic and the acidity. The Got black it. pepper will add a little bit more bitterness awesome. at the end. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Chef. I appreciate Thank it. You. There you have it, everyone. In 15 minutes, you're going to have uh, one delicious meal. So enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you just listened for fun or you actually cooked along with us, we thank you. If you did cook this recipe, take a pic and tag it with hashtag CookTracks. Let us know how it came out because we want to see it. Keep up to date with us on Instagram at CookTracks or at CookTracks.com. CookTracks is cooked up by my friends Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie Dugiello. And sometimes they let me, Rachel Ray, help out too. With editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Coldford. Please rate and review or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Cook Tracks. We've got your back in the kitchen.